Okay, so now for our first message of the Sabbath, Mr. John Shavers. We are told in the book of Matthew 6 that we are to pray, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Why? Why would we ask God that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And who are those people are to say that? That we want the will of God to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. There's a reason why. And let's go to the book of Hebrews 8, and he'll tell you here. Hebrews 8 and verse 1. This is the book written by the Apostle Paul, and he's writing about a certain subject here in Hebrews, and the subject is why we should want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's Hebrews 8 and verse 1. As we get there, it states here, Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the psalm. We have such an high priest who is set at the right hand of the throne of the living God, majesty and high, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. There is a true tabernacle and there is one that isn't true. Of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man, for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices whereof it is a necessity that that man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest. This is Jesus Christ. If Jesus was on earth, he would not be a priest because he is of the tribe of Levi, not the tribe of Levi, but of Judah. And he says he should, should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Verse 5 who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. We'll stop right there. Paul is saying that there are things done in the heavens that are also being done on earth. And when they're done on earth, they are a shadow and they are an exhibit. That's what that word means, an exhibit of things done in the heavens. Who are the priests today? Peter says, you are a royal priesthood. The priests today are on this earth are the saints of God. So we have the responsibility say, to say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are the ones who carry that out. But there's no one else. And also it says here, which is very key today, that is that there are things done on this earth that are being done in the heavens. There are things on this earth that are in the heavens. Shall I give you an example? There is a new Jerusalem, right? Is there one on earth? Yes, there is. There was an Ark of the Covenant. Is there one on earth? Yes, there was one, and it's someplace today. Is there one in heaven? Yes, there is. And if you read in the book of Exodus and Deuteronomy, it states there that God said, make this exactly, Moses, exactly the way I want it made, because that was a replica, that was an exhibit of the oneness in the heavens above. 
Are there elect angels in the heaven above? Yes. Are there elect people on this earth? Yes, there are. So the things on this earth, brethren, we are a little exhibits of what God is doing in the heavens above. Is there a Mount Zion on this earth? Oh, yes, there is. Is there one in heaven? Yes, there is. You see what, what I'm saying here that Paul is saying? He is saying that we need to be exhibits of things done in the heavens above, and we are the only ones that can do that. Let me show you if something goes on up in the heavens. Let's go over to Deuteronomy, uh, I mean Job 1 and verse 6. How many times have we read this? Job 1 and verse 6. This is a time in which the eternal God is doing something that we do here on earth. As Job 1 and verse 6, it's a great meeting. I'm not going to go through all of these. That's one verse. And this is what God is saying in Job 1. He states in verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. What is it saying there? There was a day. It's the best way we can understand time. There was a time when the Almighty called the sons of God to present themselves to him. That is called a meeting. That is called a mohead. That's what it's called. He called the sons of God who are angels. Who are the sons of God today? We are. And when God calls a meeting, he's calling his sons and daughters, he's calling his sons to meet with him. Not with the people, with him. It's a meeting with God Almighty. And even the devil reported in. And you see this conversation that's going on here. God calls a meeting and he chairs the meeting. God is the CEO. And he runs the question and answer period. He tells what to do and not to be done. And you know what happened to Job. And it also says in Job 2, we don't go there. But Job 2, he says there was a time when they presented themselves to the sons of God, to God again. And that word present means to place, it means to station, it means to offer. You are placing yourself at God's disposal. Gabriel said, I stand before the Lord. That's exactly what he does. And there's a time when God calls meetings. Meetings. And where does he call those meetings? You know where they are. Let's go over to Isaiah 14 and verse 12. God calls meetings and he says that we are to have his will done on this earth as it is in heaven. And one thing that God does in heaven, he calls meetings, he calls his sons in for teaching, for instructions, for, for sending out, for missionary trips. As you would say, go do this, go do that, don't do this. He does that. This is Isaiah 14. We know this verse. How art you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, how art you cut down to the ground which did weak weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart. Isn't that something? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In your heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the Moed. That's an appointed meeting in an appointed place and God says this being is saying I'm going to chair the meeting instead of the eternal God I'm going to sit up there and at the Moed the appointed meeting the appointed place and I'm going to be the CEO God said no way no way where does he have this meeting I don't know he calls it the Mount of the Moed 
You mean God has a moed in the heavens above? Yes, he does. When he calls a meeting, that's an appointed meeting. You be there. You be there. And when he calls the sons of God in, you be there. And it's not for each angel. Hi, angel, John. Hi, angel. It's to report, present yourself to the living God. That's the important thing. That's what we are to do on this earth. Because when God calls it, they report in. Even the devil reports in. He reports in. And here's this being saying, I'm going to sit up on the mount of the, it says congregation, some translation says meeting. It's 4150 in the King James, I mean in the concordance. Moed, an appointed set meeting. Eternal God has those in the heavens above. When he says be there, you be there. And it's interesting, there's a place and a time. And I'm not going to turn here, but you can read this. Please read this. 1 Kings 22 and verse 14. I'm first, let's read 1 Kings 22. 1 Kings 22. There is a great meeting he called there. All of the hosts of heaven reported in. And he began to talk and send out and ask questions to those people, to those beings. That's a Moed also in 1 Kings 22. Let's go over to Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23. See what God says about Moeds there. Leviticus 23. And we'll understand a little more about what I'm saying today in this time of Leviticus 23. And it goes right up to today. A Moed is an appointed meeting by the living God. And he says, be there, angels. And they report in. In fact, it says there are the seraphim, the cherubim, all of those beings around his great throne. Why are they there? They stand before the eternal God. They report to him. And they are stationed there, and when he sends them, the seven spirits of God, they go. He calls them, they come to him. What does he say to, uh, to Abraham? He said, I, I'm going over to see Sodom and Gomorrah to see what I, I've heard, if it's true or not. Who's been reporting to him? Who's been reporting to him? He said, I'm going down personally to see. Who's been reporting to him? Not me, not you. We weren't there. They were called spirits. And he calls a Moed, and he asks, what's going on over here? What's going on over there? Leviticus 23 and verse 1, he states, The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the Moeds of the Lord, which you shall preach holy convocation unto me, these are my appointed meetings. Which one does he mention first? Six days shall, you, shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Moed right it is an appointed meeting with the eternal God not just your brothers and sisters well I don't have I don't know many people there I'm too old I'm this it's not there for you to go there and say I like young people I like older people I want rich people poor people it is an appointed meeting with the living God he is there he said you be there he is there. You be there. The word of God is there. I guarantee you when he meets in the heavens above, his word is there. <laughs> I guarantee you he's speaking his words. And this word, these words right here should be spoken at the Moed. And if it's spoken there, if you are a child of the living God, you are a son of the living God, you are to be there to hear what he has to tell you. 
That's what he's saying here to Moses. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord. These are the Moeds of the Lord, holy convocations. The Sabbath day has not been approached as a Moed. We think about what can I do, what I shouldn't do, what do, eat this, go here. That's not the important thing, brethren. The foundation of it is God Almighty. He is there. He is there waiting for you. Your, his word is there waiting for you. Well, I'm churched out. What do you mean you churched out? I'm churched out. I'm burned out with the church. I'm tired of hearing the word of God. Do you think those sons of God, when God calls them Moed and Mount Zion in the heavens above? Well, we're, we're churched out, God. We're just tired of hearing your words. We really are just tired of it. I don't think he would smile on that. He doesn't do it today either. If he gives this man this job to do this, to preach and write this, the Moeds are important. And remember this, all Moeds are not holy days. All Moeds are not sanctified Sabbath days. You say, yes, they are. No, they're not. You ever kept the Passover? It's, not a Mo it's a Moed, but it's not a holy day. God can call anything a meeting anytime he wants to, and he expects us to be there. If his word is there, you be there. So there are days in which God says, you be there. It's not a holy day. No, the Passover is not a holy day. It's not a Sabbath. But you are, as he names it, it's a Moed. So when God calls things, he means for us to be there. And I know some people will say, I know people will say, well, I worship God every day. I know that. I've been told that. Oh, I can worship God in the parking lot. You can't. I can worship him any time I want to. I don't have to go to a, mo to a meeting with people. Well, the seraphims, the cherubims, the angels, the sons of God, the heavenly host, reports to God every time, any time he tells them. It doesn't say it has to be a holy day. But on holy days, he does say specifically to do that. It's interesting. You read in the book of Exodus, I'm not going to go there either right now, but God said, Moses, get Joshua, and let's come out and meet at the, con the tent of the tabernacle of the Moed, where he met Moses any time. And he brought him out there, and he said, now, let me tell you, he gave Moses some instruction, gave Joshua some instructions. That was a Moed. It wasn't a holy day. But he said, be there, and Moses and Joshua were there. He said, what is it, Lord? They were at his disposal. That's why we keep the Sabbath bread. Not because we got 20 people or 200 people, 800 people, or because I like her and I don't like her, young, old. It's because you're meeting. If the word of God is there, you're meeting with the living God. You're meeting with the living God, and he has something to say. If he calls a meeting, it's important. <laughs> he doesn't call a meeting just to say, this, I'm sure it's show his power. He calls a meeting because he knows we need to be there. There are teachings, there are instructions, there are questions, there are dispatchings. That goes on on this earth as you and I live the life that we live. And the thing about us, uh, the holy days and the Sabbath is this. You read through the scriptures and you can see that there were daily sacrifices, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And they had little smaller sacrifices between. Those were through the week, through any other days. But on the holy days, when there was a great Moed called by God, they mm, up the sacrifices. 
they sacrifice sometimes during the Feast of Tabernacles thousands of animals. Trumpets were blown. They did, he lifted them higher. When the other days, they were good days. They were all right. They were fine. They were worshiping God. But on these certain moeds, he lifted them higher and hit them with the woo, like a good right uppercut. And they were there. The trumpets were blown, sacrifices. They were eating. They were just singing all of that greatness. And then they had the word of God there also. That's why I want to emphasize we need to realize that anytime God calls a meeting or names a meeting, we are to be there because we don't know what he's going to do sometimes. He will do great things. Isaiah 11 and verse 9, this is interesting here because I've heard this of recent. Uh, not since when I was in a big organization, they didn't, you didn't hear people say this, but they, they, they were afraid to say it, but they say it now. Uh, this is Isaiah 11 and verse 9. We love this verse. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. The man, I can't wait for that. When this earth is filled with the knowledge of God. And I said, how can I illustrate this today? I have one question. Who is the God of this world today? Who is the prince of the power of the air? The next question is, where can you go to get away from his influence? You name the nation, you name the state, you name the city, you name the activity, you name the organization, you name it, whatever it may be, I can guarantee you the knowledge of the glory of the prince of this world is there. He has, in a sense, fulfilled that scripture on this earth today. You name where the devil is not talked about. You name where he's not praised. You name where he's, he's not being given honor to. They even name flowers after him. They Easter lilies. I mean, every place you go, you find some influence of the devil. His knowledge covers this earth as the waters covers the sea. The eternal God said, I'm going to remove him out, and then my knowledge will be every place you go and everything that you do, holiness to the Lord will cover this earth. Now, those people that get churched out with God, where, where are they going to go? We can't get churched out. We cannot get out, uh, in a sense, get tired of God. We should have him holding this to the Lord every place, everything that we do. We have to, brethren. We are the exhibits on this earth of what he's doing in heaven. We are the exhibits. Who's going to see the eternal God other than through the exhibits he has placed here? And here it is, a time of, of the year in which we are facing times right now when the knowledge of God is being hurt very badly by the knowledge of the devil. It's a conflict going on, isn't it? So we must be the exhibits at this time of the year or any other time. God summons us out of this world on his moeds. That's what he does. He pulls you out of this world, out of the influence of the devil so much, and he says, come in here and hear what I have to say. See what I have to do. See what I'm doing. Look at my glory. Look at my power. Hear what I have to say to you. And it's not good. It's not good for the people of God to make all types of excuses. I'm churched out. Oh, I need to rest. I told people, look, if you're going to get tired 
on one of God's moeds, like the weekly Sabbath or the annual feast days, rest before the day. Rest. Take a rest. Take a day of vacation and rest and sleep and do whatever and rest up for the rest. Or either rest up after it's over. Have you ever noticed how attendance drops in congregations? Drops after the Feast of Tabernacles of all things. Where is everyone? Well, I've been churched out. Or either after the Days of Unleavened Bread. That, when the days of the last day of Unleavened Bread comes on a Thursday, Sabbath. Where is everybody? Oh, they're tired. They're worn out. From what? From hearing the words of God. Yes. From hearing from their father. Yes. From breathing air he gives them. Yes. You know that's wrong. That's a Moed, brethren. He calls the sons of God to assemble. They assemble. Even Gabriel said, I stand before the Lord. I mean, I'm ready. Whatever he wants. It looks like he fought 21 days to get through the prince of Persia to get to Daniel. Because God sent him, dispatched him, give this prophecy to Daniel. And he got out there. He was fighting tooth and nail. He wasn't about to back off. He wasn't churched out. He wasn't churched out. It's in the fifth. Let's go to Psalms 11. Psalms 11. Psalms 11. This is a psalm that I heard some years ago, and I said, what are they talking about? This is a person who was talking on a radio program, and they were talking about morals. And we have to look at Psalms 11 and in verse 3, and it states there a very quick statement. It says in verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If you remove and you get rid of the eternal God and that Moed meeting with him, that's the foundation of the Sabbath, that's the foundation of the holy days, that you're meeting with the living God. And you remove that out, what are you going to do? You have to have a foundation for everything. If you build it up on a person, people will let you down. You build up on the arms of a man, they will fail you. But if you build up on the foundation of this is a moed, this is an appointed meeting, this is a call assembly of the living God, he is there, his words are there, I'm going to be there, you will be strong. You will have a foundation to give to someone else. You will have a foundation to stand upon. We can have, and at times we have projected to outside people or either new people that walks into the church a wrong exhibit by how we treat God's moeds. Because you find someone out here, they've been doing who knows what, and finally they find out, oh, this is what the Bible says. Yes, it does. Oh, I want that. And they walk up to a church member and say, well, where are you, brothers? Well, I got churched out. And they're, they're, they're chopping at the bits. Man, I want to be here. I want to hear more. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, I'm, I'm churched out. I'm bored. I'm going to take off this Sabbath. What? You're going to do what? Where are you going to go? I'm going to take off. For what? I need a day off from God. Well, you had six off already. <laughs> now you want the seventh? Yeah, I want that one too. And we projected that to the people of, the people of God and also to the people outside. And there are people searching, whether you know this or not, they want to know. We had a man at 10 hour service said, I want to know about that Feast of Tabernacles. That's right, that's what he said, he wanted to know about it. And I had that problem, that question that I was facing, where do I tell him to go? 
new person, 12 of them walked in at one time. One man, he, he says he's coming back, and I think he will. I want to know about them. He said, well, where can we go? Because he goes to the Feast of Tabernacles, and may, what may happen there at that Moed is what happened to my wife and I. We went to one in the late 90s, and we were doing real good. And the coordinator said, where are we going to take off tomorrow? And I said, huh? What, what do you mean? And this other elder said, well, I don't know, John. He went to the court and they said, Can, may I have services tomorrow? And the court and they said, yes. We had about 60, 65 or 70 people there, maybe. Maybe 60 some people. And my wife and I, we went over to another city to the feast there that day. And this, this person, the other elder, had, had, had a Bible study. And the next day he's, he was beaming. John, John, I said, I had, out of 65, 55 people, we had 30. Five, sitting there in a Bible study, hearing the word of God. They didn't take a day off. Where's that in scripture? Numbers 29 says on the first day there are 13 lamp bulls to be killed. On the second day it will be 12. Third day it will be 11. Next day it will be 10. Which one did the least the priest take off? The third, fourth? They take that out and say, will we do two tomorrow or we do two today? No. It was day by day according to the book of Nehemiah and according to the word of God those are moeds they're not holy days no they are moeds God said I'm here I'm here on this moed and I want you to be here Statue of Liberty is great you catch it after the festival or before Grand Canyon is great Roller coaster ride, doing figure eights is fine. You can do all of those things. Do it before or after because this time is, he said, keep it seven days unto me. That word unto means to gush out like water out of a water hose. <laughs> Come to me. Because when I call a meeting, it's a moed. It doesn't have to be a holy day. I hope we understand that because we don't want to project these wrong things to human beings that are looking. And this man came in and he was sincere as he can be. And I, I, and I don't know, I don't follow all the feast sites, I don't follow all of that. But I know that some people have got it started back in the late 90s, we were taking days off, day, for what? For who? Where are we going? The eternal God said, these are my appointed meetings, seven days you should keep the Feast of Tabernacles unto me. And the eighth day is not a traveling day. People have taken it and said, oh, it's time to travel. No, it isn't. That's the time to check out early. No, it isn't. The, book, the Bible says, God says it's a restraint. A restraint, holy day. You be there and you restrain yourself to be there at all costs. I was taught, and you have been also some years back, we delay service one hour, give everyone a chance to check out. We do all of this so everyone can take off early during the eighth day. You think God smiles on that? You choose. He said, it's this Moed. Do you think he would smile if Gabriel says, well, I can't make it right now? Or Michael says, I'm a little busy over here. Or the seraphims or the cherubim say, well, you're requesting, we're crying too much from us, God. You're requiring too much. There are people that can tell you the history of the 4th of July, Memorial Day, Thanksgiving Day. They can spot it off to you and the flag goes by and they have tears in their eyes. They do. And when it comes to God's annual moeds, 
they don't have any feelings. They don't care about it that much. They don't even know about it. They really don't. That's sad. That is absolutely sad. Completely sad. That a person can give you all of the history, and most of that is 70% untrue anyway, and you know that. And they know all about that. But they don't know about the moeds of God. And they come to you and I, and we tell them it's doing a figure eight on a roller coaster or it's going to the Grand Canyon, or it's, it's, it's going up watching, looking at the Statue of Liberty. That is not the festival, that is not the moed of tabernacles. Look at the purpose and the intent of it in the beginning. Look at Jesus Christ in John 7, where he says he went up and he taught. He taught us how to keep the festival days, including the Passover. He taught us how to do that, and also tabernacles. Let's turn over to one verse Psalms 84 and verse 10. Psalms 84 and verse 10. The psalmist, it was written, a letter written to Korah. And he's talking about one day. This is what, what it says in Psalms 84 and verse 10. We are exhibits, brethren. We are the exhibits that does reflect the living God. Do not teach people to break God's go a moed. Don't do that. Read Revelation 2 and 3 to the churches of God. That's to us. The first thing was, you have left your first love. Not lost. You have left. You're taking a figure eight ride, and I'm in this building with those 35 people hearing my word, and you're flipping around on a roller coaster. You have left me out. I see all your works, but you have left me out of it. Psalms 84 and verse 10, a very key word. He says here, Psalms 84 and verse 10, for a day in the courts, in your courts, is better than a thousand. What does it imply there? One day in the courts of the living God, brethren. We see that. He said one day in the vicinity, in the surroundings of the all-powerful Most High is better than 1,000 away from him. He said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. But one day, and we tell a person, well, one day isn't very much. This man said, one day is. They had the tabernacle, and the vicinity around the tabernacle was just a vicinity. God's glory resided inside, and just the, the area around it was the, the court. So just walking around that court in your presence is better than a thousand some other place. It's a thousand that we may spend and think it's better. It isn't. And it's too bad. It's really sad that people have said, we're going to try to push God out of the way and we're going to do it our own way. We can't do that. We just can't. Because we are the shadow and we are the exhibit of the eternal God on this earth. We went to a trial once, courtroom. The judge was sitting behind the bench. He was calling people up to him. And he called up the secretary, handed him a paper, and he called up a young lady. And she stood there, 
behind the little podium, and he was thumbing through the papers. He said, failure to appear. Down on the page. Failure to appear. Third, failure to appear. He looked at her and said, you don't have very much respect for this court, do you? What did she say? The day is going to come that you're going to be standing before Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he's going to thumb through the book of remembrance. Chose Memorial Day over Pentecost. Failure to appear. Roller coaster ride Grand Canyon over Moed. Failure to appear. Hmm. Visit my school classmates doing on trumpets. Failure to appear. You don't have very much respect for this court, do you? What will your answer be? <laughs>